0: As your business starts growing and you're making money, you need to decide what to do with that money to build your wealth. So in today's episode, I wanna walk you through what I think are the four best investments you can make with your profit. Let's discuss. Welcome to episode 103 of The Graham Cochran Show, where I'm here to help you build your online business, work less, and live and give more. I'm your host, Graham Cochran. Thanks for hanging out with me today. We're going to be talking about money today. It's been fun. Anytime I bring up sort of the money management conversations and we dive into some of the personal finance elements of running an online business You seem to enjoy it, so I've gotten really good feedback, so I've got uh, quite a few things I want to go through in the coming weeks and months. Today, we're going to be talking about investments you can be making with your profit. This is a real situation. This is a real thing you got to think about and plan for. So much of what we're doing on this channel is talking about how to create wealth by growing your online business and reach your goals, but I'm assuming you know what you want to do with that money when you get it, and a lot of you do. And a lot of you don't, or a lot of you have some idea, but you're not sure, so you're wondering, hey, what's the best use of my profit after I'm paying my bills and I'm living? Because you're gonna make more than you need. If you continue to follow what I'm teaching you, your business will grow. You're gonna make more than you need. What do you do? with the excess, that's what we're talking about today. And if you haven't already, before we jump into that, if you haven't already taken my passive income workshop where I teach you how to create wealth from the knowledge you already have, from the passions and the skills you already have, then I want you to take it, it's absolutely free. In this simple, about 45 minute workshop, I walk you through the four components that create passive income, automated income, which is the way both of my businesses are structured, where they're printing money, Uh, creating sales automatically, 24-7, day or night, whether I'm working or not, whether I'm taping an episode like this for you or not. And so I want to show you how that works, what those four components are, how they work together, what tools you need to pull this off. You can do this with a lot of free and super cheap tools, give you some templates and scripts to get you started quickly, and help you figure out what your profitable idea is and who to sell to if you've never even thought about that. So way at the beginning, I cover all of that in this free Passive Income Workshop with the goal of helping you create your first $1,000 a month of passive income, even if you only have 30 minutes a day to dedicate to this. Because a lot of you, that's where you are. You have a day job or you're pretty busy and you would like to start planting the seeds of your own online business. This is pretty realistic that you can implement in just 30 minutes a day. I want you to have access to this training. Just go to grahamcochran.com workshop. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm going to link to it below here. You can click on that as well. Grahamcochran.com slash workshop and go see under the hood of how I run both of my businesses. And once you get the sort of elements in place and you start to print a little bit of money each month, even if it's a few hundred bucks each month, you now have the exact system that I use to generate a lot of money. And so then you can start to scale it up over time, which is exactly what all of my students are doing. So I want you to have access to that workshop. Again, Grahamcochran.com slash workshop workshop. All right, let's dive into the four best investments you can make with your money. Now, I've been a personal finance dork for about 16 years, since 2005, when I was about to get married. No, I had just gotten married and realized I didn't know anything about money, and that's when I began my journey of self-educating on how to manage money, how to manage debt, what investments to use, how the stock market works, how real estate works, all of that stuff. And that began a long journey that's just been a huge passion of mine. And it's a passion because a little bit of education has gone a long way. A little bit of education has allowed my wife and I to build tremendous wealth. A little bit of education has allowed my family to have financial peace without arguments or fighting or stress over money. And mind you, this has nothing to do with whether you're making money or not. At our lowest point, when I was building this business, we were making maybe 500, 600 bucks a month. We were on food stamps for 18 months in the middle of the global recession. It was a very stressful time financially. And yet my wife and I didn't argue about money, didn't fight about money. We didn't really have a ton of money stress. The biggest stress was, will we be able to make enough to pay our bills? That is stress enough in and of itself. That's plenty of stress for anyone. But there was no relational stress around money or any confusion as to how to handle what little money comes in. Or when all the money started to flow back in and the business grew, we were making more money than we'd ever made in our lives. There was no confusion about what to do with the money when it grew. You see, if you know how to invest your money or where to place your money, then you can handle when you have little bits of money. You can handle when you have lots of bits of money. Lots of bits is not even a thing. But let's make a t-shirt that says lots of bits of money. <laughs> that like, You have to know how to invest when there's little and when there's a lot. Don't just wait around till you have a lot to make a plan. So if you're at the beginning of your online business journey, you're saying, Graham, I don't, I don't, I'm not I'm even thinking about investments. I'm just trying to replace my income from a day job or pay the bills. You need to know this stuff. You need to have a plan so that when the money comes, and it will come, you won't waste it. That is one of the biggest tragedies of successful business coaching, is helping someone make money, and then three years later when the business dries up or the economy shifts or they change their minds want to do something else, where did all that money go? I don't know. I don't know, we lived, we lived fine, we lived a great life, but there's nothing to show for it. Really, really sad, so I don't want that to happen to you. So what I want to do is walk you through what I think personally, this is my personal opinion. I'm not a financial coach, this is my personal opinion but what I think are the four best investments you can make with your business profit after you've paid your salary, you're paying your bills, um, and you've got profit left over. And let's start with probably the most important one, and that is margin. Invest in margin. What is margin? Well, margin is like a gap. It's like room, right? So you've got the margin around paper, like the the gap on your paper between the text and the edge of the paper. Well, you need margin— in your financial life, between you and when everything hits the fan. No one predicts exactly when a recession is going to come, and yet they come every eight to nine years. No one predicts exactly when you're going to lose a job, and yet it happens to normal people all the time. No one predicts when revenue is going to die down in your business, and yet it happens all the time. Revenue is up, revenue's down. Life happens. An illness, a car accident, Uh, An unexpected IRS tax check that you have to pay. I just had a big tax bill that was very unexpected, very expensive. You know, no one expects the unexpected. That's the whole point of the unexpected. So what you need to do is have buffer between you and the unexpected. That's called the savings account. This is very, very simple. But margin is this gap between you and life. So when you have no margin in your financial life, when you have no money in savings, that's not earmarked for anything, right? Then every day could be stressful. If you have a big bill, something happens, income isn't as much as it should have been that month, and you still have the same bills, everything is heightened and stressful. When you have piles of cash in the bank that's not earmarked for anything, that's just in your buffer, in your margin account, um, then the biggest things that happen in your life are just an inconvenience. You know, like a very simple example, we had a new roof put on our house, and the roofers didn't clean up all the nails. They tried, but there was a couple of nails still in my driveway in the cracks of my pavers, and they looked like sort of the the dirt in the cracks, so I didn't even see it. And so one of my cars ran over one of the nails a week after they finished cleaning up, come in to get my car the next morning, flat tire right? So after my whole day is kind of derailed, I got to kind of drive over on this kind of flat tire to the tire shop. They didn't have the tire I needed in stock. They had to get it from another one. And so they're like, hey, you got to leave it overnight, put in a new tire. You know, the inconvenience was my day was a little ruined and I had to get my wife to come pick me up and we'd have a car for a day. That's the inconvenience. The cost was about two or 300 bucks for the tire installation. The average American according to USA Today, cannot come up with $400 if they needed to, cash. They'd have to put it on a credit card. So it, the average American, they have, have to replace a tire for two, 300 bucks, they don't have that. For me, there's money just sitting there in an emergency fund, in sort of this buffer account for when crap happens. It's an inconvenience, but it's not stressful. Okay, we have to buy a new tire, no big deal. That is what I'm talking about. When you can invest in having what I think is minimum six months of your expenses in a savings account, it's one of the best investments you can make because you're investing in peace of mind. It's like what insurance gives you, which is it's a boring product, but insurance gives you peace of mind. That's really what they're selling. They're selling the removal of stress. You don't have to worry if the worst case scenario happens because you're covered. So you can self-insure to a certain extent by simply having six months of expenses personal expenses in your own savings account for your personal finances, right? So whatever your bills are personally, right? Your rent, your mortgage, your food, your insurance premiums, you know, whatever. Whatever it costs to live per month times it by six, that's a great goal minimum to have for your personal expenses. And then since you and I are business owners, we want the same thing in our business, okay? We want a business savings account. I talked about this a few weeks ago on the five types of bank accounts that you need one of them is also a business emergency fund. So whatever your costs are per month for your business, if it's Kajabi, if it's any kind of web hosting, if it's any kind of web tools you use, if it's any kind of employees you pay for or contractors you pay for on retainer, whatever it costs to keep the virtual doors open for your business, times that by six, you want that in a separate savings account. So if your personal expenses are $5,000 a month, right? you want $30,000 in savings, in your emergency fund, ideally. If your business expenses is $2,000 a month, then you want $18,000 set aside in your business expense savings account. Does that make sense? Now, will you get there overnight? No, but it's an investment you work towards. So if you don't have those already in place, I would say the first investment you should make is in yourself in some margin in your financial life. So figure out what that number is for you, both for the personal side and the business side, times it by six as a good rule of thumb. And then as you get profit, start to siphon it off into those accounts. And then once you reach those levels of of savings, mission accomplished. Then you can move on to these other investments that we're we're talking about making here. But this is one of the greatest things you could do, because even if if you don't have gobs of wealth, you have peace. You have flexibility. You can handle the unexpected for most situations. And that's one of the best investments you can make. I don't want you living on the edge of financial ruin. I don't want you to be overly confident in your business. Look, I feel very confident in both of my businesses' ability to generate wealth for years to come. There's not really, the businesses aren't in such a situation that there's a a switch you could flip and, and income will dry up. being that I've built them around organic content and organic search and automated email funnels, money will keep coming in long after the business is is going on its decline. So I don't have a lot of fear of it drying up quickly, but I still, like Solomon says in the book of Proverbs, I'm not going to boast about tomorrow because I don't know what a day may bring. So I'm not going to boast about like, yeah, I'll always be able to pay my bills. I'm going to keep some in savings just in case. And that gives me peace so I have a lot more flexibility to take risks with my business, try new things, and at the very least, I sleep better at night. Okay? This is just cash. This is just savings accounts. doesn't really matter what the interest rate is on this. Obviously, get the highest you can inside of a FDIC-insured savings account at a regular bank or an online bank, but I don't really care about how much it's making. It's just liquid cash giving me peace of mind. Okay? That's the best investment you can make. Number one is margin. Second investment you can make with your money is debt. You want to invest in your debt by paying it off, okay? And primarily, I'm talking about consumer debt here. We're talking about credit cards, car payments, student loans, medical bills, okay? All of these debts will just destroy your wealth, okay? There's a couple of things going on here. One, they're eating up your monthly payments. I mean, they're eating up your monthly income, I should say, because of the payments. So if you have a car payment and you're making the minimum payment on your credit card and you have a student loan payment and maybe a medical bill that you're paying, all of that is income that is spoken for before you even take a paycheck out of your business. And this is true whether you have a business or if you work for somebody else. It's the same problem. So the, the one thing here with debt is the reason why debt sucks is because you basically have promised future income. You've promised tomorrow's dollars to somebody else, to your creditors. You're saying, hey, you know, I want the thing now, and maybe it was out of need. Maybe it was a medical emergency, and you didn't have savings or health insurance or whatever it is. But typically... It's, it's out of a want a lot of times. I want this now. I don't have the money for it now, so I will borrow for it so I can have the thing now, but then I have to promise to not only pay it back, but pay it back with interest and usually very high interest. And so what you're doing there is we are promising to spend tomorrow's dollars today. So you don't have the money now, and you're also promising to spend money you still don't have. You're hoping you have. And that's the problem with debt is it may or may not work out. You may or may not have tomorrow's dollars. So, again, it goes back to the stress factor. I don't want stress in my life. I don't want you to have stress in your life. So what I want you to do is free up your income and so you're not basically pre-spending tomorrow's income. So when you pay off all your debt, you get to keep all of your income, which allows you to do more fun investing and giving and other stuff as well. The other benefit of investing in your debt is that since the interest rates are generally very high, it is probably the best, highest investment return you can make, and it's guaranteed. So let's just look at credit cards, for example. The average credit card APR, interest rate right now, is a little over 17%. Some people are paying a lot more than that, upwards of 24.99%, depending on your credit score. But Let's just take the average credit card interest rate, 17%. It's a ripoff, right? It's an absolute ripoff for some vacation or Christmas presents or, you know, clothes that you no longer wear. Like, it's, it's all consumed. Whatever it is, it's consumed. And now you're paying it back plus 17% interest. Where else can you get a guaranteed 17% return on your money? I don't know of anywhere I can right now go get 17% of my money, A, to get 17%, but B, get it guaranteed. The stock market in the last few years has is, is generated about mid to, mid-teens, to up to 20%. So you could say, yeah, the stock market will give you 17%. Yeah, at the end of a roaring bull market, A, it's not guaranteed, but B, it doesn't always happen that way. The stock market has averaged closer to 10% since 1926 if you factor in dividends, um, so and not adjusting for inflation. So the point is, where else am I going to get that high of an investment return? Nowhere. And it's guaranteed. So you, the moment you pay off a credit card that you were paying 17% on, you no longer have to pay the 17% interest. So it is guaranteed return on your investment. It's really, really good use of the money. It's boring. It's not sexy. You don't feel like you're building your wealth, but you are building your net worth by eliminating a debt. You are buying back your income, which is going to give you peace and freedom, but it's also going to give you the ability to build more wealth because next month's paycheck, you don't have to pay credit cards. So it's so, so important that you invest in your debt. And don't be afraid of the number. Like, I know it's it could be very high, especially if you factor in student loans and medical debt, but just look at look at all your debt, do the research to find out how much you actually owe, what the, the interest is you're actually paying on all those debts, see what the amount is, let let the bad taste in your mouth sit there for a while, mourn the situation that you're in for a moment, and then say, I'm going to go build a product, I'm going to go launch a product, I'm going to go do an affiliate, I'm going to go um, do a promotion, I'm going to go create some wealth in my business, and then I'm going to pay this crap off. All of it. All of it one by one again taking some of your profit every month chipping away at your debt there's a lot of ways to do this you can google the debt snowball um you can google the DOLP a debt on last payment method there's a couple different ways that have worked really well for people to systematically and linearly pay off your debt so you're not just throwing money all over the place you're just working at it one at a time and knocking it out and rolling your remaining previous minimum payments onto the next ones but you don't want debt in your life. It's not worth it. And it eats up your, your income. So all that excitement over a launch is nothing if you know that that money doesn't belong to you. It belongs to your creditors, right? But right outside my office, I'm looking at a bunch of buildings downtown Tampa. And most of these buildings have banks' names on the top of the buildings. There's, there's obviously lots of people using office space in those buildings. But who owns those buildings? I see Wells Fargo. I see... Regions, I see Truist, I see PNC Bank, Fifth Third Bank. I see a bunch of different banks right now. The banks have their name on the buildings. Why? Because they have a crap ton of money. You know why? Because all the people in the city are paying them. <laughs> they are the creditors. They are the lenders. And we're all a bunch of slaves paying them, right? Book of Proverbs says the, the borrower slave to the lender. In a lot of ways, that's very true when you have credit card debt, student loan debt, medical debt, car notes. That's why these guys have their names on banks and the rest of us don't. Or their names on buildings, I should say. They have a lot of money by charging interest. So we don't want them to keep our wealth. We want to keep it for ourselves and for our families, okay? So invest in your debt. is one of the best things you could possibly do. Now let's talk about something that might seem controversial to what I just said. The third best investment you could make is in a home. Buying your own home. If you're already a homeowner, this will still be helpful to you to think about your home and what I think is the appropriate way. But if you're a renter right now, I want you to think about this. You want to own a home nine times out of 10. Now, there are scenarios for sure, and we could talk about this, where renting makes more sense than buying for a lot of reasons. And renting is never throwing money away, by the way. I've talked to people who are like, I got to get out of my rental situation. I want to buy a house because I'm throwing money away with rent. First of all, back that train up. You're not throwing any money away. You are paying to live somewhere, okay? Everybody on this planet pays to live somewhere. Even if your house is paid for, you pay to live somewhere. So you still have to pay the taxes and the insurance. Well, you don't have to pay the insurance. Pretty stupid if you don't, but at the very least, you have to pay the taxes. If you don't pay taxes, your state or your county is going to come take your house away. So no one lives for free anywhere, okay? You have to pay to live somewhere. So rent is just paying to live somewhere. There's nothing about throwing money away about that. Now, the problem is long-term, renting isn't allowing you to build wealth. It's building wealth for your landlord. So again, when we think about an investment, this is why a home can make a lot of sense as a place to invest your money. So what I'm talking about is with a low fixed-rate mortgage. Okay, Buying a home the way most people do. In America, it's very common to use a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage. This is a great investment to make. Here's why. Okay? There's three benefits to buying a house with a mortgage. Number one is leveraged appreciation. You buy a $200,000 house. You put $10,000 down because maybe that's all you've saved up. If the house goes up, because people say, Graham, a house doesn't appreciate very much. It's not a great investment. Like stocks make more money than a house. 100% agree. Stock market, like I said, has averaged about 10% a year. It's been higher, it's been lower, but the average for the last 100 years has been about 10% a year. Whereas real estate barely keeps up with inflation. So your true appreciation, now granted, in the last few years, real estate market, especially here in Florida, but all over the US has been hot. But on average, you're going to get maybe 3 to 4% of appreciation a year, which is not very much. But let's say $200,000 house, let's say it only appreciates by 3%. Well, 1% is 2000 So 2000 times 3 is 6000 right? So 6000 is going to be the appreciation that year. But you only put $10,000 down. So you get the appreciation on the whole house's value even though you only put $10,000 of your own money. So even at a meager 3% appreciation, you make $6,000 in year one but you only put 10000 of your own money in, you got a 60% return on your investment. You put in 10000 you made $6,000. is a 60% return on your investment. I can't tell you anywhere that I can get you 60% on your money. Leveraged appreciation. This is how people make wealth. Houses go up even at a meager keeping pace with inflation, but you're not making an appreciation on $200,000 of your own money because you only put in whatever your down payment was. So Leverage appreciation is a huge benefit. Principal paydown. So every month, part of your monthly payment is actually paying off the loan. So it's a forced savings. So it's actually money you are keeping. So that's building up every single month. And then you get tax breaks as a homeowner, both on the interest you're spending and on the profit of your sale. Now, a lot of people in the United States, because of the Trump tax law in 2017, it doubled the uh, standard deduction. So which is a huge benefit, but what that means is that a lot of people and a lot of homeowners are no longer itemizing their taxes, so they're no longer getting that tax right off of the interest right off that you get in the United States because they're making more of a tax break by just going through the standard deduction. But if you're a business owner and you're starting to make a lot of money, and if you have a lot of expenses or if you um, do give away a lot to charity you're going to itemize your taxes. So we itemize our taxes for sure because um, we can make way more of our deductions than we can with the standard deductions. So when you itemize your taxes, especially if you're in a high tax bracket, then the interest write-off is huge. That's a benefit. Um, and I take advantage of that as well on certain properties that I have. And then when you sell your primary residence in the United States, if you're married, filing jointly, you can keep up to $500,000 of profits from the sale tax-free. You don't have to pay any capital gains tax on that. It's, it's a huge advantage, which allows you to buy a house, live in it for at least two years, and then sell it for a profit, cash out, without having to pay any capital gains tax on that. It's tax-free profits every time you buy and sell, which is an amazing benefit. So three huge benefits in leverage appreciation, principal paydown, and tax breaks, both on the interest and the profit from the sale. The key here, though, with buying a house, because people say, "Well, you know, I've gotten underwater in my house," or, you know, it's you spend all this money, and there's phantom costs with home ownership. Yes, it's all that's true. People say a house is just a place to live; it's not an investment. Not true. It's all in how you buy it. We all have to pay to live somewhere. So right now, you're paying to live somewhere if you're a renter. So the key is to buy a house where your total out-the-door monthly payments are no more than your current rent. That includes a principal and interest. That's the mortgage payment part. And then taxes and insurance. Because when you become a homeowner, you are responsible for the taxes. And if you have a mortgage, you have to have comprehensive homeowner's insurance. And you should have insurance on your house anyway in case that burns down or something like that. So P-I-T-I, principal, interest, taxes, insurance. You're also going to be responsible for maintenance and upkeep, M and U. But at the very least, your monthly payment should be no more than your current rent at the very least. So the problem is when people go from renting to homeownership is they just, they want more than they can afford. So they're looking at nicer houses than they were renting, bigger houses than they were renting, a nicer neighborhood than they were renting. And so they feel like to go from renting to homeownership, I got to buy this epic house. And that's where you get into trouble. And that's just a personal responsibility thing of saying, look, what can we actually afford? It should be no different with your owning or renting. In fact, you could argue that you should, it should be costing you less per month to own because you know you have to replace things and fix things yourself because your landlord is not going to do that. So it's your responsibility to be a big boy, big girl, and figure out what that monthly out the door cost max is for your budget that's comfortable. And then that's all you can afford. And then that will determine how much house based off of how much down payment you can make. But the point is, if you move from renting, if you're paying $2,000 a month to rent, and now you're out-the-door mortgage and taxes and insurance are $2,000 a month, who's coming out better? The homeowner. Because now the homeowner is building wealth every single month through property appreciation, principal payout, and then the tax breaks. The key with homeownership as well is... It's an expensive transaction. It's a stupidly expensive transaction. Everybody takes a cut. Realtors, the the county, the city, the the state, everybody takes a cut when you do the transaction. So you can't buy and sell every couple of years and expect to make a profit. You have to consider yourself more stable. I want to plant some roots here and stay here for the next five to seven years minimum. So that's, again, going back to renting. Renting can make a lot of sense if you want to move all the time, if you're not sure where you're going to live, if you're new to a city and you want to make sure you get a lay of the land of where you're going to live, then rent for a while. But then when you figure out where you want to be, buy a house. Buy a house. It makes a lot of sense. And again, keeping in mind, this kind of debt, even if you have a mortgage on a, a house, is so different than the kind of debts we just talked about. It's so different than credit cards, student loans, medical debt, even a car loan. Why? Because it's a secure debt to an appreciating asset. Your credit card debt is an unsecured debt, you have you have to just pay it back. Your student loans, unsecured debt, you have to just pay it back. Medical bills, unsecured debt, it's just a bill, you have to just pay it back. A house with a mortgage is not a true debt. In accounting, you would have, an on your balance sheet, you'd have an asset, so the house that costs 200,000 is worth 200,000, and the debt, let's say, again, you put the 10,000 down, so you have a debt of 190,000. So an asset and a debt, they wash out, on your balance sheet you have $10,000 of equity on your balance sheet you have no debt because at any point you could sell that house to pay off the liability an asset and a liability that count that wash themselves out so in the accounting sense there is no debt on your balance sheet it is what it is but the beauty of that is that is it, it's way more safe, way more secure. That's why banks loan tons of money out to people at low interest rates because they know it's a secure debt. If you don't pay, they can just sell it and they can pay off their own debt that they owed that you didn't get paid, they didn't get paid back from you. So it all comes down to are you disciplined enough to just buy a house you can afford? And that's basically it. And then also to not have other debt ideally and also going back to our first investment, having savings. Having six months of expenses in case you hit a rough patch, you can still make your mortgage payment. There's all kinds of other things we can talk about as well. You don't have to be able to sell your house. You can rent it out if you need to move. We've done that. We moved out of our first house, needed to get in another house quickly, but it was in a falling market. We lost money in the house, didn't want to sell it. So we turned it into a rental and we've been renting it for a decade. And it's now double what we paid for it. So there's a lot of flexibility when you own a piece of property. You don't have to buy it cash and you don't have to rent the rest of your life. You can build a lot of wealth just by becoming a homeowner. And if you're a business owner, it's much easier to save up a down payment than the average person. So you're in a really, really good situation. And let's wrap this up. Fourth and final best investment you can make with your money, with your profit, is a retirement account. We talked about this a few weeks ago on the five types of bank accounts you need. One of them is a retirement account. But let me tell you, tax-deferred growth Inside of a retirement account. And again, I'm speaking only for the United States here, but a lot of uh, countries have very similar setups. Tax-deferred growth in a retirement account of some kind is a gift to business owners because the more we make, a couple things happen. The more profit we have to invest, and the higher tax bracket we are in. I'm in the highest tax bracket in the United States of America it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous how much we pay. Uh, And so I'm trying to always reduce my tax bill. And so I can do that with a variety of ways. I can give money to charity so the money goes straight to people who need it, and that that keeps the government's hands out of it. But I can also pour money into my tax-deferred retirement account and get a huge tax break now, and get all kinds of tax-deferred growth, no capital gains tax on that money until you pull it out years and years down the road after it's amassed a huge amount of wealth and you've been able to make money off of the government's money that would have gone to them in taxes. So two good examples in the United States are the individual 401k and the SEP IRA. And these are primarily for business owners. This is a gift. Both of these accounts allow you to put into, as of 2021, up to $58,000 a year tax-deferred and invest in whatever you want. So that means you can take $58,000 a year of your paycheck or of your business profit and skip and bypass the government and put it right into your savings and your investments. And they don't get a cut of it or the growth on it until you take it out when you're in your 60s or 70s. That's an incredible benefit to you as a business owner that you should be taking advantage of. I absolutely max this out every single year because it's an insane deal. If you invest that money, you have to decide what to invest in that's just sort of the, the bucket that the government sort of has some tax benefits around right the the 401k the set IRA these are just buckets they aren't investments but what you invest is inside of those you can buy mutual funds you can buy individual stocks whatever I invest in index mutual funds okay index mutual funds so it's it's passive management there's no people picking the stocks. It's literally an index. So it's the S&P 500. So whatever those 500 companies are, my money's spread out over those 500. Or the total stock market index fund from Vanguard, which is where I invest a lot of my money. The beautiful thing is if you were to take that $58,000 a year and invest it in a total stock market index fund just over the next 20 years, let alone 40 if you're young, just over the next 20 years, you have $3.3 million dollars Okay, you will have put in just over a million dollars of your own money. The other $2.3 million is growth, tax-deferred. And you are saving money on taxes the entire time, which gives you more money to enjoy and to live off of and to spend on things. So this is a huge gift that the government gives you. Do not miss it if you live in a nation that has tax-deferred retirement accounts like in the U.S., the individual 401K or the SEP IRA. I threw a lot out at you, but if you think about it, this is pretty, pretty simple here. We're looking at what are the two guaranteed investments that are super safe, that'll bring a lot of peace and financial security in your life. Investing in margin, having savings for expenses for both your personal and in your business. Investing in your debt, paying off all that consumer debt. It's not sexy, it's not fun, but gosh, how good would it feel to not owe people anything for anything stupid? right? Pay off those credit cards, pay off those car loans, pay off your medical bills, pay off your student loans. Don't drag those around. Just, you've got the money. You have a wealth building vehicle that most don't have as a business owner. You can knock these out very quickly. When you have cash in the bank and no debt, you feel like a different person. You get, you get creative in your business. You get, you can take risks. You can try things that may or may not work. It doesn't matter because you have a huge, foundation. Very safe, very solid financial foundation. Then you can start to build wealth through home ownership. And I'm not even talking about being a landlord, just buying your own home. One of the best, easiest investments you'll ever make. You have to live somewhere. You might as well own the place you live. Make it the same cost as what you're paying per month in rent. You build wealth in a variety of amazing ways automatically without having to do anything. You don't even have to time the market or be smart. You just live in a home and enjoy it. You will build wealth. And then fourth, you should be doing this as soon as you can, investing in a tax-deferred retirement account. And max that thing out once you're in a healthier position, your debt's paid off, you're in your house, max those puppies out, okay? And specifically, I like to invest in stock index funds, like the Total Stock Market Index Fund or an S&P 500 Index Fund. Threw a, lot out you, threw a lot out at you today, but I wanted to walk you through those things. And I would love to know from you, where are you at? Because this could be a lot, but I don't want you to be overwhelmed. So I want you to stop and think, okay, which of these four investments is the next logical one for me? Is it just margin? Is it your debt? Is it a home? Is it a retirement account? What's going to be the next investment of these four? Which one of these are you going to focus on in the next 30 days? And what are you specifically going to do about it? Let me know in a comment below if you're watching on YouTube. I'd love to see where you are. And where you have more questions, maybe we can engage in some of those as well, and we can dive into some more details of some of these concepts if you need to in a preview or an upcoming episode. You just let me know. Uh, and of course, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you can leave a review of this episode and let me know your thoughts there as well. And like I said at the beginning of this episode, if you need help generating some wealth to sort of take care of some of these investments and you haven't already started your passive income business, I want to give you my passive income workshop. It's going to walk you through the four components you need, how to come up with your own profitable idea know that it's going to sell and know who you're going to sell it to and how to automate all of this. so You can start building wealth automatically, have this extra profit, and then you can walk through these four investments and start to change your family tree financially. It's all at grahamcochran.com slash workshop. So you can watch that, take notes, and then better yet, take action on what you learn. I hope this is helpful to you. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Stay healthy and safe, and I will see you on another episode real soon.